Lazy Bookings back. Like, subscribe, follow. Let's go. That's my baby. That's my baby. We're going at it at 110%. I just want five minutes of happiness, please. Just give me five minutes. And they did it. They did it. What the fuck? What the hell was that? Oh, yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? What's up, fam? Welcome back. Lazy Bookings back here on A2D Radio after a little bit of a hiatus, about two months. (laughs) Who's counting? Who's counting, right? But hey, that's all right. Our boys over in this very ring picked up the slack while we were going. But I am Chrome, joined by Maddie Sinsuti of the Ginger Gang, my guy. You going to leave me hanging, Maddie? Wrong way. No, uh, I wasn't trying to. Good Lord. Been a minute. Uh, and obviously <laughs> Jeff Warner joining us, Frank Vesky on the ones and twos. And guys, we're brought to you and very happy to support the Counseling Center and Sunrise Detox. A lot of people right now dealing with mental health and addiction issues. They, they run a great ship over there and everybody needs an outlet. So for you and yourself, anybody needs help, dial that number on the screen, 856-651-8117. Again, the Counseling Center and Sunrise Detox, 856-651-8117. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you and find out where you can get your help at. Also, our doctor, Dr. Paul Vidal, specialized physical therapy. You can find him at physical locations in Burlington and Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You can find him on the web, specializedphysicaltherapy.com. No appointment necessary. So make sure you guys hit up the doc. Get yourselves in peak physical shape. Our topic of conversation tonight, guys, uh, in our uh, what would be, I guess, a condensed lazy booking. We're only going up to 730 tonight for our boys. The soccer boys follow behind here for kicking it stateside. But that's brought to you by Body Check Wellness. And, uh, you know, listen, use the promo code A2D for Body Check, and that's going to get you 20 percent off any of your purchases there. They have a lot of other special packages that they're doing, particularly when Riley Cote, former Philadelphia Flyer, joins the Hockey Happy Hour. Uh, for his monthly appearance, they have another special package. They do 40% off with a promo code as well. Again, it's bodycheckwellness.com, promo code A2D, 20% off. Guys, the topic of conversation, we're going to talk about the list of releases. April 15th rolls around, and once again, heads start rolling. Uh, we're going to talk about the list of releases from WWE. Uh, surprises, not surprises, where they could end up. Some of them may not even come back at all in, into pro wrestling, but we're going to talk about that as well as, um, you know, I know we did a WrestleMania post games for A2D Wrestling with Andy and the crew. I know I hopped on one of those for a little bit, um, but we will uh, we'll just kind of talk about the highlights of it. You know, high points, low points, having a crowd back, all that different stuff. Um, but the poll question or topic is I'm shocked by the Iconics release. Agree, disagree. Uh, so if you're joining us on YouTube Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you guys are at, make sure you guys are commenting, liking, subscribing, following, share with your friends. Let's get everybody on board with here, Lazy Booking, and every other show here at A2DRadio.com. But guys, we're going to start. I want to go into it. We have the list. Before we dive into the Iconics here, I'm going to have Jeff. I had Jeff pull up the full list of talent releases. So Jeff, run through that list for us. So the list that was announced on WWE.com was, of course, Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, Mojo Raleigh, Bo Dallas, and Wesley Blake. Okay. 
So not quite as extensive as we saw last year, because we know with the pandemic, you know, they, we, we saw a lot of the agents and whatnot that were also released. Um, for me, again, I'll, I'll actually answer the poll first for once here. And I will say I was shocked, I guess, mostly by the Iconics, particularly we just saw Billy Kay featured on WrestleMania uh, in an event that Bailey and Charlotte did not have a match. So for this, unless it's something, and, and I, you know, maybe you guys have followed a little closer than I have. I don't recall seeing anything where she had asked for a release or anything of that nature. Um, but with her, and also with, you know, we saw that promo on Raw Talk a few weeks back with Peyton Royce. Uh, and, and it almost seemed like maybe, maybe we would end up getting a reunion with the Iconics at some point. However, that's not what we get. We get a, a full release of both members of the Iconics. Surprise to me. Uh, of the entire list, the biggest surprises, just because they were so featured. And, you know, some people would say maybe a Samoa Joe. Um, uh, not a surprise to me. And I, I'll dive into that depending on what you guys answer. So I don't want to take anything from away from anybody. But, yeah, Iconics to me, uh, absolutely surprised because they just seemed the most most current and relevant on television. So let's let's go to Jeff this time here, Jeff. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with the poll with you as well. Just just for the fact that yes, uh, they broke them up last year, which I feel Debbie that was the, the worst decision that they could have done. But they try to set the, separate them, put them on Raw, one on Raw, one on SmackDown, try to do their own little thing. But you just saw that it didn't work as well and and as well as probably WWE had hoped. So you were kind of hoping and expecting that there was going to be some type of reunion between the two of them, especially since they're trying to build up this women's tag team wrestling uh, division that you hardly have any women for right now. So you would think with, with that title and that, in that division that they would somehow try to have some type of reunion and bring them back together to try to contend and build that division a little bit more. Uh, so I didn't, I, I, I didn't really see it coming, but it, it's WWE. Anything's possible. I don't know if it had to do something with their contracts or maybe they went to them and asked them uh, to get released. Maybe they felt they weren't being booked properly or th there was something more behind the scenes that we don't know about. But it, it came to a little bit of shock when you come to that list because most of these guys that you uh, look on this list uh, are guys that are either not being used, injured like Chelsea Green. She can never seem to stay healthy. Uh, Samoa Joe was injured. So you, most of these guys you didn't see much of a surprise to, but them to, like you said, they've been featured for the most part and being used on raw and smackdown over the last couple months so it came a little bit of a shock yeah totally agree maddie um i wind up like i agree on the billy k uh release that surprised me for the peyton royce one no um simply because they weren't really using peyton royce they did push her for a short period but then that momentum was killed very quickly and then after that billy it just seemed like wow that's somebody that they probably would have been able to use in like comedy spots for like the better part of a couple of years and they got rid of her which kind of shocks me i'm kind of surprised that she wouldn't have eventually won the women's tag titles with a thrown together tag partner of hers you know that she showed her resume to you know it's like it just seemed like that's the route that that was eventually going to go yeah. So that does surprise me. That's the one that got me. That's like, really, Billy Kay? The only one that I'm surprised they got rid of. Yeah. yeah um, 
you're right. It's 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 a valid point when we see guys like Santino Morello who've been kept around for years. Um, yeah, there's a spot for that. You know, we still have our truth. Who I mean, our truth's a phenomenal talent actually in the ring, but. You know, for what his role is, he's he's very very good, and you don't really have that female character. You know, we had Jillian Hall for a while, who she kind of reminded me of of a little bit of that. Um, but but I was I'm still surprised by Peyton. I don't understand the reluctance to put those two back together in a t- women's tag team division that again really doesn't have much depth to it. I mean, I, I've I've actually enjoyed Mandy and Dana together. Um, you know, and we're now at the point where we're throwing Tamina and Natalia. Like, we're still throwing people together. But again, they're not doing anything with the actual tag teams, right? Like, when we talk about WrestleMania, right? And that, that whole thing, right? First of all, to me, it made no sense to have this gauntlet match, particularly with how it ended. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess to give Natty and Tamina a WrestleMania moment. But, oh. I mean, that moment's kind of by the wayside when you come out and you lose the next night. But, uh, yeah, it was just very unusual to me. And to keep your top talent off when you're going to release somebody just days later just seems very, very, very unusual and very odd. Um, but I like Billy. I like Billy and I like Peyton. I thought they were a great tag team. I think this is good for Peyton because Peyton, A, can go join her husband in AEW. Um, and, and honestly, you know, for being – if you want to say she's a mid-card talent in, in, in WWE's women's division, um, simply just by the fact that there's not enough opportunity because of all the women at the top, uh, you know, she could go in and instantly infuse a little bit of juice into that women's division that desperately, desperately needs it. So, I mean, that, that could be a good opportunity for her. Billy, it sounds like she might be done. She yeah. may not be doing wrestling at all. Um so again, maybe maybe she maybe she asked for a release, guys. I don't know. I haven't heard. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure the third sheets will figure something out in the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah, I'm sure we're gonna see more that comes out with that. That or a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are already doing like Chelsea Green. Sure, now she's doing a podcast. So uh, the way that a lot of these uh, guys are going once they get released from a company, they jump on the podcast scene, give their own story, try to gain a following, uh, monetize off of that. Especially since we don't know the non compete clauses uh, for a lot of these guys. Some of them have them, some of them don't. So, well, when it comes to Chelsea Green, I'm gonna have a few opinions on her that I will. Bring in in a few moments, but um, before we get to her, I'm going to backtrack to with Samoa Joe. And the point I was going to make was, you know, mm. I know Joe has the concussion issues, and Joe's yeah. phenomenal at, at doing the commentary. But you know, if the situation is he wants to come back and feels like he has more, and they're not willing or not not comfortable with doing so, um, here we go. Do you think Samoa Joe will get injured again? Uh, if he uh, listen, he's a high risk. We know that at this point. Um, but that being said, if there's an opportunity in a company that will sign off on him, I think it makes sense. And, and to me, for WWE to let him go, I have to believe that, that that's the situation because I know Joe, despite the injury issues, is very highly looked upon in WWE. Um, it's a shame. I don't care if it would have been for a one-month pay-per-view to the next pay-per-view that he didn't get a chance to hold the title. Yep. Um, that's a missed opportunity. And if there's any any proof that you needed that this guy should have been in the main event title picture, his program, very, very quick with Brock Lesnar, but was some of the best stuff we've seen in the last five years. And yep. I, I'm bar none. 
Yeah. I mean, hell, look at it this way. For everything you, anybody anyway says about Brock, whatever, but that whole summer into the winter of Brock holding the title, he was literally running down the list of guys who would eventually be main eventers moving forward. The only exception was Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, Joe became the guy who put on phenomenal matches and put everybody over at the end. You know, he went out on his back all the time. Um, <laughs> but a big missed opportunity with him. Mickey James, again, maybe that's a situation where she wants to do more than she's doing. Maybe she yeah. wants to maybe she wants to have less of a load, even more so than she has now with her kids and everything. I don't know. But not really surprised by her. Wesley Blake, guy was off TV for how many years anyway? <laughs> he was the JTG um, of this uh, release, this release cast. <laughs> he really was. Yeah. He's like, he oh, really he's was. still employed. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, when I look at here's my thing with Chelsea Green. I, I'm a bit, I'm a Chelsea Green fan. I love the signing of her, but when you're there for two years and you can't stay healthy for more than six months of it. Yeah, they're not going to push you. And it's not even just that they won't push her, Jeff. If you have no track record of staying healthy, you're going to come out and you're going to be bitter. And uh, I mean, I haven't listened to the podcast, but I heard that she wasn't very, very um, complimentary. If that's the case, if she's. Well, look who her husband is. Yeah. <laughs> R- I, mean, Ryder, I listen to Ryder and, uh, and uh, Brian uh, Myers' uh, wrestling podcast for their figure toys and stuff like that. And they're not too fond of WWE and how they run things. So I'm not surprised that Chelsea didn't have a couple remarks on her way out on, during that podcast. Well, Zach had uh, no problem collecting quite a paycheck there for a long time to do very, very little. So. Yep. And now, he wants, and now he wants to work less of a workload, so he's working in Impact instead of AEW. So yeah. that's, that tells me everything I need to know. Um, but, I mean, she's a great talent, but let's be real. And she, she would be a huge boost for AEW. She really yeah. would. Um, I could see her probably going back to Impact, though, with Zach yeah. or whatever his name is, Mark Cardona. Um, but I, I just I, – I, I can't get behind somebody, and I want to get behind her because she is a very, very good talent. Who's going to be bitter when you don't really have a leg to stand on when you didn't bring much to the table in your tenure there and you collected a, a, a decent paycheck to be injured. It's not even like she was sat out. She was actually hurt. She couldn't stay yeah. healthy. She, she came back. She had what one SmackDown match and then was hurt again. If that, I don't even remember her match. <laughs> she had one match, I think with Charlotte and got hurt in the match. Right. Am I right about that? You're probably right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that it's just one of those things of, you know, it's a mixture of bad luck with the injuries. And then secondly, on top of that, running your mouth. You know, it's like this is what happens when you shoot your mouth off. You can easily get fired for it and possibly blackballed as well. So, you know, and that could come back and bite you in the ass because if you can't get a paycheck and you want to go back to WWE and they say, hey, didn't you say that shit about us in the podcast? Ha <laughs> ha. Go away. We don't <laughs> well, want yeah. you back. WWE's done it. They've done it in the past. So I just a perfect example of you shouldn't burn a bridge on the way out because you don't know if you're going to have to eat a plate of shit and go back. You really don't know. Jake says, lazy booking's back. Let's go. Do you guys expect more releases to come? Um, I would say no. I, no. I think maybe, maybe one here or there, but nothing that would be associated they, they, with this. 
they always do it right after Mania, set up their storylines and their plans and how they manage their uh, finances for the year. So uh, I, I don't expect any more unless someone asks for the release or so, like an Andrade situation. But this is probably it. Yeah. And we are back. Hey, hell, we even got a new logo up here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A little refresher after four years, almost four years. <laughs> Get that <laughs> <laughs> and that, kudos to Frank too, who worked on that for us. So appreciate it's kind you, of like Frank. it's our like NWA slash AWA logo of a wrestling move being done, which is always awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, little <laughs> suplex with little, you know, semi moons and and whatnot. It's like yeah. it's like sound waves, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Matt says Joe probably wanted to go uh, at wrestling because I can't imagine they'd let him go for his mic work because um, he's one of, if not their best commentators. I agree. I think. Um, and I think Joe, you know, he did an interview. I think we, we talked about it not that long ago. It might have been when we did one of the WrestleMania things um, about how he, I think, discovered possibly where his next course could be after he does finally decide to step away because he is a phenomenal talent on, on the headset for sure. Yeah, and I'm hoping he still wants to extend his career, and that's the reason why they don't want the risk. Because for a guy to sit in the pouring down rain in a poncho for two freaking nights, for you to release him a couple days later, dude, that, that's that's a freaking smack in the face. If if I call one, unless there's like we said, there's something more behind the scenes that we don't know about. But the dude we understand has his injury issues, and he he he's he's been the team player in my opinion. The fact that he still found they found another role for him, he's willing to do it. He's willing to expand uh, his his role in the industry. But the dude ultimately probably wants to wrestle. So I, I hope they somewhat talked to him or did something with him prior to just releasing him or at least gave him the heads up. Hey, we're probably going to be releasing or moving on. If you don't want to continue commentating for us, uh, we're probably, if you want to continue wrestling, that's fine. We'll let you move on. But to have you sit in the downpouring rain for two nights as Chrome did for two nights as well. And uh, to release you a couple days. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's something more to it. Again, Joe's so favorably looked at in the company that it would be it would shock me if it was if, if there was any issues in terms of, of anything with him. Um, so Joey asked him, let's let's go through the list again, right? So Joey asked, where do you think the the release talent will end up? AEW Impact, maybe elsewhere. So Jeff, why don't you go through the list, go name by name, and then we'll all kind of give our prediction on where we think they could land. Samoa Joe was the first one. Go ahead, Maddie. I'll let you go first. Oh, yeah, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that he goes to AEW, but, you know, honestly, I could see him going back to Impact. You know, I mean, it's not the same regime that was there when he left. You know, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if Don could convince him to come over and give Impact another shot. You know, and he has all of his history tied up in it for besides ROH, you know, so I could see him totally heading back there. Yeah, you know, I, I think that I could see maybe a short-term contract with Impact just to kind of see if he can ease his way back in. And the thing is, right, this this working relationship between Impact and AEW seems to be ongoing. It doesn't. It seems to be open-ended at this point. So if that's the case, he can work for Impact and still make appearances on AEW. So um, I, I think I actually think Impact would be the ideal landing spot for him. What do you think, Jeff? I would want him to go AEW just because right now, for how big they are, 
uh, and how they continue to grow. And there's a lot of possible potential big matchups there. I feel he's going to be going to Impact just for the fact that Impact does not seem like the company that once this pandemic is over, that they're going to go back to a uh, a tour when it comes to their tapings and all that type of stuff that they're going to stick in Tennessee or wherever they're filming these weekly uh, these weekly uh, shows where it's already been announced that AEW is eventually going to go back touring. JR did say on his podcast or article or something I saw uh, today that AEW is looking to go back touring starting hopefully July. So I feel in this stage in his career and, and his life that he probably doesn't want to continue that daily or, and weekly uh, travel routine uh, that these wrestlers go through on a daily basis, especially if he's going to be continue a full-time wrestler. So I think just for the traveling aspect and this point in his career, I feel he was going to go impact. But like you said, with the open ended uh, relationship between the two, don't see him. Uh, don't be surprised if he does do a couple of matches here and then uh, here and there in AEW. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and I could see like, like we were talking about, I could see a short term pact with impact because if he does start to feel good and he can stay healthy, Maybe that does kind of open up the opportunity then, okay, maybe I'll make a, a commitment to Impact, or I'm sorry, AEW, that I can work more dates and more time. Um, I mean, not, it's not like WWE's rigorous schedule anyway with him, with AEW, but, yeah, um, you know, kind of an ease back in. We'll see. Um, but I, I could see him landing in either. I think Impact's ideal for him. Yeah. Who we got next, Jeff? Uh, Billy Kay. I think she's done. I think so too, Maddie. Yeah, I mean, it, if it, if she's not interested, she's probably done. For uh, for hypothetical argument's sake, though, <laughs> I'll I'll go I'll go AEW if Peyton Royce goes there because they might reunite as a tag team there and maybe infuse the iconics into the women's division. I don't know what they'll call themselves there, but it'll be interesting. If that was the case, yeah, yeah, I think if there's a chance she'll go wherever Peyton goes, but I, I, I truly think she's done. And then next name, Peyton Royce, AEW, AEW. Yeah, <laughs> I don't just, think there's much question. It just makes too. It makes too much sense for her not to go to AEW. Yeah, Mickey Watch James. Go to Impact. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mickey James. Ooh, I think she's done. She could be. I could see her in NWA with her husband. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. She probably won't be like a full-time wherever she goes. She might be like a part-timer here and there, like make appearances and all that. But I don't see her being any type of full-time weekly appearance type of person. <laughs> John, I love John's comment. Chances AEW signs everyone and just makes three stables out of the release superstars. Um, I would say 150% on that, John. <laughs> Whoever they are, they're going to be in a stable somewhere. Yeah. Big play, Slay. What's up, big play? Who else we got, Jeff? Uh, Chelsea Green. She's going to Impact. I, I, she's, I, she's going with Cardona. I, she she will go there. I actually think she would be better suited to go to AEW. She would be a big, big boost for that division. Yeah. I'll say, because who the hell is even who the hell is even impacts women's division right now, besides uh, Deanna? Uh, uh, Jordan Grace. Oh yeah. Okay, Grace. Um, what's her name? Oh my God, Tenille oh. Dashwood. 
Wow. Like I said, I, I barely follow freaking impacts up uh, women's division. Whenever they're What's on, up, forward. What's up, Ed? Yeah, no, I mean they have they have talent there. I have to say they have Rosemary there. They're, that's one of their stronger suits in Impact is their women's division. Um, however, it's there's just not enough exposure there to me. It's yeah, leaving one one uh, underutilized situation to go to another when you could be a difference maker somewhere else. <laughs> backyard. That's right, Greg. Uh, backyard Chrome is back. He's doing first <laughs> outdoor show this season. Emma, that's right. <laughs> Diana, we love Diana. I, I would love to see Diana end up in AEW. Yeah. It was funny. It was funny when she got released, and then literally the next thing you know, she's the women's champion in, in Impact. That was. I kind of thought that was a little bit funny. <laughs> I, I, I mean, listen, I don't understand why she wasn't utilized in NXT. She's a phenomenal talent, and it made no sense to me. And I don't know that she would ever go back there. So, next name is Tucker. Oh God. Uh, Indies. I don't even think he goes to either. That's not awesome. I was yeah. thinking like H or something. I. So I could see him being a guy that goes to Impact and joins the Violent by Design faction. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I can see that. You know, a guy, and they, they can do the whole storyline with Eric Young and basically, like, you know, you went to – you were in, here in New York and, uh, you know, your friend stabbed you in the back for a girl and this and that. Like, play that up. Do that whole christening thing, shave his head, whatever. Change his name to, you know, Ticker. <laughs> they push Naya instead of Virtuoso. True, <laughs> I know. It's... Next name is Kalisto. Kalisto. I could see him going to Impact and going into the X Division. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe going, maybe AAA. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think he. There's something that doesn't work with the American audience with him. He's not good at talking at all. And you have to be able to do it a little bit in AEW, at least. And you have to be able to do it in WWE. There's just something that seems to be missing with him. Uh, and he's and he's not a guy that's going to get like a mouthpiece like a Heyman or a Taz or something. Because he, he, they're not like that enforcer type of persona. So I agree with you, but... I don't even know if he gets picked. Like I said, I think I feel he's gonna go somewhere in the uh, Indies, AAA, or Ring of Honor, or one of those. Agreed. Yeah. Plus, also, being lack of speaking, he doesn't have the charisma that Andrade had. So Andrade was able to make up for that fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mojo. <laughs> oh, Mojo, Mojo. I guess whatever Gronk is. Sign- He's going to go for yeah. a trial for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I know. It wouldn't shock me either. I guess that's a sign that Grock will not be returning to WWE after his uh, career, huh? Probably not. <laughs> or maybe they're at the point where they're like, listen, we already got him now. We're good. We don't We don't yeah. need you anymore, Mojo. <laughs> Mojo, I could see him in Impact. He's, he's buddies with Cardona as well and Myers. Yeah. So I could see him landing there. That would be a good spot for him, actually. Next name? Yep. 
didn't know if Maddie was gonna go. So uh, no, 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 no. I I didn't have anything to say except that comment on the Bucks. So. <laughs> Bo Dallas. So he's a guy I think will get some opportunities. Um, he's a decent worker. He's got he's his pedigree alone. I think will open some opportunities for him. I could see him going to New Japan, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. You know what I could see? Or or NWA. NWA would be a good spot for him, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Um, like, I don't like him in impact. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's. You'll get overshadowed there. He's not enough of an impact player for AEW to go out of their way. Cause I mean, and it's, it's, it's a shame, but he's just not. Was that a bit of a pun that you just did right there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I could see him going to Japan. You know, I think he could fit in there as kind of, I don't, if if like he changes his persona up and he, and he has that more vicious side to him, he could be in like chaos or one of, not chaos, but one of the more heel factions that maybe Suzuki Goon or what have you out there. And then last name, Wesley Blake. I don't even see him going anywhere. The retirement home. Yeah. The Blue Factory. He'll, 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 be, he'll be like a Main Street indie scene type of guy. Something like Yeah, maybe that. Maybe maybe Impact. Yeah. I, I just feel with the pandemic and a lot of these release names, all, all these guys or uh, all these companies are somewhat going through the same thing. So they're they're all losing money from touring, uh, TV sales or uh, TV revenue, all that type of stuff. So uh, I don't see a lot of the company. I know we're playing this fantasy game of where the, most of these people are going to go, but honestly, I besides maybe Joe and a couple of the other ones, I don't see most of them getting picked up right away once their non compete is up. I, I feel like a lot of these guys are going to be doing a lot of independent bookings, a lot of like convention signings just to build that WWE name or use that WWE name to make some money mm-hmm. uh, until they somewhat sign and things somewhat get back to normal. Unless I could be wrong, but I just don't see a lot of the, most of them at least being like, like what you said, Chrome major upgrades over some of the roster or they're not like on AEW or impact. And just for the fact that you don't want to just add these guys and have them sit around and have no use for them. You don't want to, get them lost in the shuffle, uh, especially with the rosters that both these guys already have. AEW, it seems like they're adding new people left and right. And I understand they have AEW Dark, but even that's getting overcrowded with a lot of the guys they bring on for that show. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's starting to hit that point, guys, where, you know, what what's the issue with WWE, right? Um, I just had this conversation the other day. It's everybody wants – everybody to be pushed but there's only so many spots there's gonna it's not the talent level is so much bigger than it was say 20 years ago right the athleticism the charisma of these these you know these performers are insane that you know there's gonna be good people that are gonna have to be mid-card people it's just that there's gonna be great talents that are gonna have to be I don't want to say enhancement, but they're going to have to be the people that put on the great match with somebody, but they end up losing every time. It's just the way it is. Not everybody can be pushed all the time. It's not the way that the, that the industry works. There's 
five or six people who rotate around the top for four or five years, and then the next wave comes. It's just the way that it is. And and and, the, and there's only so much TV time. At least with WWE, you have uh, multiple days of content where Impact and AEW, besides AEW Dark, which a lot of people don't watch, you only have one night a week until either one. I don't see Impact ever doing it, but there's been talks of AEW eventually maybe expanding to an extra night. There's not enough time slot. For, there's not enough time for a lot of these guys. And if you want to, you know, and people bitch about how a lot of these matches are just thrown together. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have these guys constantly on and push just throwing into matches and also have a storyline without taking it away from someone else. It's, it's it, yeah. And it's even tough because I mean, even if you take these, these talents and you put them back in the day, you only had two companies. You had WCW and had WWE. Even they would be overloaded. WCW was overloaded. They just signed talents so that WWE couldn't have. You know, so it everyone would be overloaded right now, and we and we see it. AEW starting to get overloaded. WWE's been overloaded. Uh, I mean, NJPW. The only reason why they're not overloaded is because they put a uh, not necessarily a complete emphasis on the homegrown talent, but they do bring in other talents from other companies, but only if it really fits what they're trying to do. You know, yeah. so they're a little bit more picky on what they're doing. NWA, they're and. I would say that they're still very much grassroots is a better word for it. I think because they're because you know the pandemic kind of killed their momentum that they were building, and then they're getting it back up now. But they have a limited roster and they have a limited field because they're not touring. You know the NWA champions touring. All this is going around, but no one else is. You know, and then on top of it. ROH has been on syndication for forever and they've fallen off and then impact one show. That's all they've got. And you know, MLW just got signed to vice, but who knows if that's going to be an hour or a two hour show. And even there, you're going to have limited program because they got a home roster. So, you know, it's that no matter what way you slice it. It's not going to be live too. So it's going to be taped and they're probably there's going to edit stuff out to fit whatever time slot anyway. So you might not see a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, and, and, yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, to what Jeff was talking about earlier, too, right? How many times this is the thing, too, right? Like, everybody wants everyone pushed, and then they, they do get a push, and then as soon as they get the push, then it's you jammed them down our throats. We want the next person, <laughs> you know, we're never happy with what we have. It's like, oh my god, we pushed Becky Lynch to be in this spot for years and years and years. And then we finally get her to this spot, and we're like, "Oh, I'm sick of her. They're just, they're they're too much with her." Like, what? Oh, by the way, when the shield broke up, everyone wanted Roman to be the guy pushed. Yep. Everyone wanted Roman to be pushed. Everybody thought that Ambrose was a flake, and then it became well. So they pushed Roman, and guess what? Now we hate Roman. Everyone loved Cena back in the day. They loved they loved uh, you know the Doctor of Thugonomics, and then. Even even before he he transitioned fully out of that gimmick, people were already ready to move on to the next guy. We're never happy. Well, never the, happy. Does well, anyone? Uh, uh, go ahead. No, just to your point, Crow. I say the problem is wrestling fans. I hate to say it, they're sheep. I'll say they listen to all these podcasts. They listen to Dave Meltzer, uh, a lot of these dirt sheets on what they write and their opinions. And everyone's like, oh, they're right. They are right. I'll say I, I, I follow Meltzer, but he hates WWE stuff. He basically puts it. 
exactly. I'll say I understand he gets this credibility as this wrestling journalist and everyone or not everyone, but a lot of people take his word as gospel. He doesn't know shit half the time. And just because he jumped on that bandwagon and trashed WWE or like they trashed John Cena or trashed Roman Reigns or they feel like they're shoving down their throats. That's why everyone started getting the stereotype and going along with it. I'll say most wrestling fans don't have their own opinion and don't follow their own lead. They just follow what other people are saying and what their idols are saying. Yeah, and then but also I think another thing too is that with the advent of the internet and the ability to stream your shows, wrestling companies are now able to get out to a much wider audience than they were back in the day. Back in the territories, like Morris was talking about here, you had your local television. And if you were not in that sphere of local television, you didn't get that territory. You better hope you knew someone who was in the tape trading scene at the time so you can get a tape. Mm -hmm. It was That was how it was back then. Nowadays with the internet, you can watch all these other wrestling promotions. You could go onto a site that carries 10 or 20 different promotions, watch all of their content, and then fall in love with seven or eight wrestlers. And then you're going to say, like, why aren't they in WWE? Or why aren't they here? Or why aren't they there? It's like, again, problem is, it's like, okay, well, that's in the UK. It's going to be a little hard for that because they've got NXT UK for that. Secondly, that is in Japan. You think that, you know, also this company, you think Vince is watching it? No, that's going to be up to one of the people to bring it to Vince's attention. Like, hey, this guy's good enough to be here, you know, or this this lady is good enough to be here. You know what I mean? It's It's all a matter of we see so much of wrestling now, and we know so much about wrestling now because we've all been educated, mm-hmm. that we want to see these guys get pushed because we see how hard they work, but we forget, like, WWE is still only going to be able to push the certain people that they want to push. And it's, and not gotta, just, it's, it's not just them, though, Maddie. We're seeing it with AEW now. Yeah. There's only so many freaking spots. There's only mm-hmm. so many. You know, we can't just, you know, it's not it's not riding, you know, I love my Disney. It's not riding uh, the Haunted Mansion where we're just going to go around, you get your ride, and then you're off. Like, that's just not the way that it works. You know, there's, they have... They have to establish established stars to represent the company. And if you're going to be on a global scale, which AEW is trying to do now, right? So you're starting to see AEW. Are they branding some people that would be, quote-unquote, unorthodox, like a Darby Allen? Sure, and that's a good thing. That's a strong thing. Mm-hmm. However, at the end of the day, they're hitching their wagon to specific people and riding through with them long-term. They're no different than any other company. And John, yeah. this is this is for you, John. It's a nitro shirt. I don't know if you saw it or I saw you ask to see the whole thing. But and then also we have to think too about this. You know, we're not backstage. We're not flies on the wall with how they interact with the with the guys in the company. You know, we're talent. We see it all the time. Talents will either shit on a promotion, on a podcast or whatever, while someone else will say, No, that promotion's great. And the thing is, it's like does BS happen? Of course it happens. Politics happens. It's wrestling. Politics happens in almost everything. But the thing is, is that you also see what talent is going to get pushed because if you're causing waves in the background, a lot of times that company is going to be like, this person's annoying to deal with. We're not pushing them. You know, and it's un- and that's understandable because you don't want to deal with that every five seconds. Is it the right thing to do? Not always because if you're giving them bullshit, you're giving them bullshit. But at the same time, it's like it's a company. They're they're gonna survive without you, even if they get even if they're pushing you or not. Well, you the know? thing too, uh, to to Jeff's point earlier, right? This is where we can actually cross the parallels of 
actual major professional sports and sports entertainment. When you listen to Dial, everybody, like if the, the people who listen to that stuff, like absorb all of it and take it all as factual. Mm -hmm. And then they regurgitate other people's opinions. And that's what you get a lot of, you know, these people who swear by Meltzer, swear by this guy, think he's the be all end all, that his rating system is the greatest thing that's ever happened. It's very skewed. There's a ton of favoritism. Like, did you look at his Mania weekend stuff? I did not get a chance. Okay. So he, he gave, I think the best rating he gave was a triple threat match. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. It might have been like a 4.25 or something like that. Uh, and, and I think him, Sasha and Bianca, I think, got like a four, something along those lines. He listed one AEW match and gave it a five. And I'm not saying it wasn't a great match. Yeah. But you're, when you're doing like a Mania weekend kind of a thing, to throw mm -hmm. in the random Dynamite match that you're just going to throw on that has nothing to do with Mania weekend, it's just exactly. a Dynamite match, to me, that's, that's intentional. Yep. And the people who swear by this, and again, you see a lot of this in the wrestling industry too, with the dirt sheets, is people regurgitate what they've read and what they've seen. It's all factual, right? Like, you know, we'll discuss on this show things that we see on the dirt sheets. But we don't take it as factional, right? Or factual. Everything we do, we always take with a grain of salt. But we have a discussion about it. However, and we make that clear to people. We're having a discussion. We're not taking this as fact. This is just something that's out there. However, when you look at you know, a lot of other people, they take that as factual. Oh, Meltzer said this, so it has to be true. And guess what? The dude's right like 25% of the time. He's throwing things out on a wing and a prayer. And, and and I'm using him as a specific example. There's a lot of people out there, but there are. Um, it really is a lot of it. Unfortunately, I don't. I, you're not wrong with the sheep reference. I don't want to say that, but you're right. It's a lot of regurgitated opinions, mm -hmm. of, and it's it it gets old. It gets old. It's it's not it's not reasonable. They're very unreasonable. Would probably be the best way that I can describe it. And not and, every and, fan. And don't get me. Yeah, not every fan. And don't get me wrong. There's WWE ones. I say I listen to the Sam Roberts podcast, not the one the WWE Network or the Peacock Network, but his normal podcast. Mm -hmm. He's the same way WWE that Meltzer is with AEW. And there's 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 people media. I can't listen to him media. either. Yeah, exactly. I would say he's the same way WWE. They do no wrong. They're the best in the business. Whether he's employed by them or not, he always makes the indication that I'm not a WWE employee. They invite me and I give my opinions, blah, blah, blah. But we all know the real deal. He's not going to bash a company that he's ultimately constantly on and making appearances on and is part of the network and has a relationship with. So he's one of those guys that the WWE's pro, uh, pro WWE, but he's not going to give it really his honest opinion on things. So Ted FX, what's up, Ted? Good to see you again, Barler. He says, I disagree. I look at Meltzer yeah. as an AEW cheerleader. The fact that he grades matches and he thinks he's so important is hilarious. Most fans are fickle, but disagree. I still love Becky, Charlotte, Drew, McIntyre. I'm not with the fickle crap. And that's good. Like, there's people who definitely aren't. And, you know, what, what Dave Meltzer built a lot of his following on was at a time where there wasn't, you know, I guess public – Publicating or, or, or coming up with a publication for pro wrestling was very taboo or passe. It was him. It was Wade Keller. Um, there was a couple of guys out there, yeah. and those guys kind of became the voice of it. But So they were the quote-unquote 
journalists and Bill Apter, obviously, but Bill, to me, Bill Apter's always been a legitimate journalist. Bill is, you know, but you look at these other guys who tried to follow the Bill Apter uh, coattails yeah. and they all ended up becoming guys who were the quote unquote journalists. So simply by necessity of not having the access to much of it, those guys became the be all end all. Now, mm-hmm. when the curtain's been pulled back and we can kind of understand a lot more of what's going on. And there's a lot more people who are willing to speak out on it. You start to realize, Oh, okay. There's a lot of things that are skewed here by personal opinions. Um, and that's the thing. I've never liked Meltzer and it's for that. He's, he's, I think he's been, he's spoken out of line quite a bit on a lot of things that he said, particularly with some of the, the female talent. Um, he's just a very aged very um, out of touch guy, in my opinion. TEDFX says they also gave people runs that were way too long. You're telling me they couldn't have put the universal title and main title on Roy Story, uh, the pandemic, instead of having Sasha and Bailey do the fake KO and Y2J gimmick. Best buzz they could have been. Yeah, no, see, I, I have to disagree, Ted, because Bailey earned that spot. If anything, Bailey was floundering. Mm-hmm floundering a top talent was floundering badly and needed and took the ball and ran with it her and sasha people were so over it with between those two they managed to resurrect themselves during the pandemic and and no offense no disrespect to peyton but she is not bailey or sasha banks when those are at the two are at the top of their game there's not many in the world that are as good as them Ted says Meltzer's lost credibility to smart fans. Uh, my source was wrong. So oh, Vince changed plans last second. Oh, I've seen that. He's right. The old, oh, Vince must have changed plans last second. My source said it right up to here. Yeah, I've heard that one from him before, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, spot on with all that. Guys, a little quick recap because we're going to be hopping off in about five minutes. Make sure you guys, by the way, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you guys are at, listening to us, following us right now, if you're listening to the recorded version, uh, on, on any podcast form, make sure you guys are following us, share us out, give us a like, all that good stuff. Make sure you, you spread the word about uh, A2D Radio, get your peeps on board with it, um, and make sure you guys stay tuned for all you soccer peeps, kicking it stateside, best soccer guys in the business, smart, real smart freaking guys, and good looking guys too, by the way. Adam looks like <laughs> Adam looks like uh, my, like a little, like a little mate, like a little brother, me. <laughs> people tell him on his show all the time that he looks like chrome um i tell him so, yeah, he's a young younger more handsome version of me but um so we'll call him little chrome from now on maybe chrome little chrome, yeah. <laughs> <Baby> chrome. <Lil laughs> but um just quick reactions wrestlemania um how'd you guys feel with the crowd back i mean you your your perspective was different than mine was i was in the crowd and you were at home i haven't watched it back on television to get that view and i want to do that but I wanted to get your perspective um, with the live crowd watching at home on television. Uh, well, I would have enjoyed it more had WWE not edited their crowd audio during they did do the, that. That's yeah, what I was so. wondering. I didn't know if it, I was going to ask Chrome now. Say, was it as loud as it was uh, there as it was on TV? Because on TV, it seemed like the crowd was dead. There was certain points where it just felt like they didn't have their crowd mic up, or they were like. Uh, that the crowd was dead or there was, wasn't reaction to certain things. I, I don't know if it was just me or what, but I, I, that's what I was going to ask you being there. Yeah. How was the crowd? No, that's a fair question. So um, 
night one. So I, I know everybody says, oh, man, night one was better than night two. And maybe this is just because of my experience of it. I was a fan of night two more than night one simply because it, night one was very, very difficult. You have a tornado warning, a weather delay. Yeah. They get us back in the arena after sitting at, in, inside the concourse. You weren't allowed to be in the seating area. So we were stuck in a concourse for like two and a half hours. They let us back in. You have this great moment where the superstars come out. So I didn't know what they presented on TV, but when the superstars came out on the stage, I think it was before they went on TV, it started with Kevin Owens coming out first, and he was, like, pumping people up. And then you just started seeing more and more come out, and they were just, like, getting everybody amped up and pumped. And it was a great moment, a great I might have sent you a video of that, Jeff. Yeah, you did. Um, great yeah, they, moment. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, they didn't show any of that. They, they played the normal WrestleMania uh, yeah. video, pumping up the event. And then they had McMahon out with the, with the whole crowd there. So, yeah, oh. and, and it just got everybody – it got everyone so amped up, right? And then McMahon gives a speech, and we're fired up. And then it's like, hey, guys, go back to the concourse now after the opening video package and after America the Beautiful and all this crap because we have to have another 45 minutes to an hour delay. We're like – it took a lot of the wind out of the sails. Now, certain moments like Bobby Lashley defeating Drew McIntyre, I think rejuvenated people. The women's gauntlet match killed the crowd. It killed the crowd more than anything I saw all weekend. It, people were completely and utterly disengaged from that match. Um, but again, moments, Bad Bunny kind of got people pumped up again. Uh, the women's title match. I, I felt like the crowd was really energized for whatever they had lost earlier. They were finally able to kind of juice it back up. Um, but overall, I, 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 there was a lot of um, a lot less enthusiasm. And I just think from a worn out crowd, from the weather delays and everything. Night two, totally different story. You could feel the energy well before the event started. Everybody was in the seats. And, and particularly, there was a lot of fear because it was a rainy day all day. I sent videos of that to Jeff, too. You couldn't even see out of car windows literally an hour and a half before the event. But about an hour before the event, it was like beautiful, perfect weather. And everybody was so amped. And the fact that the show was able to flow, the fact that they did have, um, you know... I know the ending kind of sucked, obviously, to the Fiend and and, Bray, and uh, Randy Orton, but like the entrance for the Fiend, like I think a lot of people really were were pumped up about how that ended up being, at least in the crowd. Yeah, um, there was a lot more energy I felt like because there was a con a continuity to the night, uh, and people were really into the triple threat match. So um, people booed Hogan out of Hogan got booed terribly out of the building they I, they edited all of that they I, made I sure heard. to put cheers in on the uh, on the pay-per-view stream they well, were <laughs> I, I heard and, and and i think that i don't think them two coming out night two together was an accident i think no. they felt like okay we gave we gave hogan his own entrance got booed out of the building maybe if we can bring them both out we can kind of simmer that down a little bit and it didn't really work it sort of worked because it wasn't constant, but it was like every time Titus talked, massive cheers. Every time Hogan talked, booed out of the building. It was like, hey, boo, hey, boop. Anyway, that was kind of the energy of it. Um, but yeah, just to kind of touch on it real quick because we got to hop off. Um, 
I loved the two main events. I thought they chose the perfect matches to close out the events. I think they made the right decision on Drew McIntyre going over Bobby Lashley. Shout out to Bad Bunny for a phenomenal job. I got to give the dude credit. He put the effort in Canadian Destroyer. That's impressive. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, to the crew that, ma- that got the event going, um, super shout out to them because that, that, could, that was, I mean, before Mania Night 1, the sails on the ship got ripped. They had people that went up there and fixed them. There was one that they couldn't fix. Oh. But I mean, I mean, literally 30 minutes before the show's supposed to start, they have people going up and doing. So I, I cannot tell you guys as a fan in the crowd, how much I appreciate the effort that those people put in after a terrible storms to make sure to provide a, a an experience for people. And I think that those people are unsung heroes and they need to be recognized. We're going to recognize them on this show the WWE crew that got WrestleMania off and going phenomenal job by them. Yeah. Um, great show this week, guys, short show. We're going to go back. We're going to do our regular show starting next week, but we got our soccer guys kicking it stateside, getting ready to roll over here. So we want to say thank you to our sponsors. Obviously a lot of issues right now in the country with depression, with uh, substance abuse. And we are very, very happy to, uh, to, Support. Oh, man, it's been a long time for me since I've done this stuff. The Counseling (laughs) Center and Sunrise Detox. So for yourself or anybody that you know that needs to reach out to somebody and see what your your options are to get the help that you need or somebody that you love needs, 856-651-8117. Again, dial that number, 856-651-8117. Dr. Paul Vidal, Specialized Physical Therapy in Burlington and Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Find him on the web. He's the best in the business. SpecializedPhysicalTherapy.com, no appointment necessary. And obviously, Body Check Wellness, we love them. Wonderful partnership with them. Make sure you guys check them out, BodyCheckWellness.com. Use the promo code A2D. It's going to get you 20% off any of your purchases. And, oh, by the way, when former Philadelphia Flyer Riley Cote joins Maddie and the boys on Hockey Happy Hour, you're gonna they have a special package they sell that you get 40% off of it. So, uh, great show. Thank you to Frank. Uh, thank you to for him for doing a great new logo over here. I can't even point right, and for hopping <laughs> on and cutting and, and and getting us going tonight. Thank you to you guys. It was good to be back on talking wrestling with you guys. It's been too long. Uh, looking forward to doing it again. And maybe hey, listen, we might be having some guests too around the corner. So we'll see how that rolls. Um, but for myself, for Maddie, for Jeff, everybody here at A2D Radio, make sure you guys are staying tuned. Hop over and watch Kicking It Stateside. We love you guys. Stay safe. Take care. Peace.